0: Well, we continue in the book of Numbers today and in our series, Flourishing in the Wilderness. And after reading about God's blessing last week in Numbers 6, we turn to Numbers 11 today, where we're going to read about the people struggling again, Moses' frustration, and we're going to see God's response. So let's look to Numbers 11, verses 1 through 17. Now when the people complained in the hearing of the Lord about their misfortunes, the Lord heard it and his anger was kindled. Then the fire of the Lord burned against them and consumed some outlying parts of the camp. But the people cried out to Moses and Moses prayed to the Lord and the fire abated. So the place was called Taberah, because the fire of the Lord burned against them. The rabble among them had a strong craving. And the Israelites also wept again and said, If only we had meat to eat. We remember the fish we used to eat in Egypt for nothing. The cucumbers, the melons, the leeks, the onions, and the garlic. But now our strength is dried up, and there is nothing at all but this manna to look at. Now the manna was like coriander seed, and its color was like the color of gum resin. And the people went around and gathered it, ground it in mills or beat it in mortars, then boiled it in pots and made cakes of it. And the taste of it was like the taste of cakes baked with oil. When the dew fell on the camp in the night, the manna would fall with it. Moses heard the people weeping throughout their families, all at the entrances of their tents. Then the Lord became very angry and Moses was displeased. So Moses said to the Lord, Why have you treated your servants so badly? Why have I not found favor in your sight that you lay the burden of all this people on me? Did I conceive all this people? Did I give birth to them that you should say to me, carry them in your bosom as a nurse carries a sucking child to the land that you promised on oath to their ancestors? Where am I to get meat to give to all this people? For they come weeping to me and they say, Give us meat to eat. I am not able to carry all this people alone, for they are too heavy for me. If this is the way you're going to treat me, put me to death at once. If I have found favor in your sight, and do not let me see my misery. So the Lord said to Moses, gather for me 70 of the elders of Israel, whom you know to be the elders of the people and officers over them. Bring them to the tent of meeting and have them take their place there with you. I will come down and talk with you there, and I will take some of the spirit that is on you and I'll put it on them, and they shall bear the burden of the people along with you so that you will not bear it all by yourself. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Let us pray. O Lord, we thank you again for your word today. And may the words of my mouth and the meditations of all of our hearts be pleasing to you today, O Lord, our Rock and our Redeemer. Amen. So the Israelites had manna, and the Shelton family had PB&J. More on that in a minute. Now with manna, God provided it. And we've read in previous weeks that people complained in the desert when they were hungry and thirsty, that God provided manna and water for them. Now, later here in Numbers, they're complaining even more that the manna is boring. They had a better diet in Egypt where where they were slaves, we remind them, and God needed to give them meat. It made me think of peanut butter and jelly sandwiches, PB&J for short. For the Sheltons, we are blessed not to have peanut allergies, and we have eaten lots and lots of PB&J over the years. Now we like Jif, creamy peanut butter, and Welch's natural uh, grape jelly. Now you may like crunchy PB, we like creamy PB at my house. Since our kids have been little, I think since first grade, they have always taken their lunches to school, even through their senior year in high school. And a high, high majority of those lunches featured PB&J. Every once in a while they complain, this is boring, we need something different. So we have turkey sandwiches. Then back to PB&J, and we are fortunate, I'd say Claire and I, that through the years, they've never rebelled, they've never refused to eat it and demanded something else. But here in Numbers 11, we see the people demand something else. They grumble. They want something different. The people grumble led by the rabble, it says in the passage. Now, the rabble, the rabble rousers you might think of, are the people who weren't Jewish, who escaped Egypt and probably lived on the fringes of the camp. And they didn't just complain about pb and I mean manna. They rebelled. They demanded change. They demanded meat. Well, to get a fun look at this type of conversation between the people and Moses, let's watch a two-minute video clip from VBS this summer about uh, Moses and the people, featuring Jim Martin and Amy Crispin. Let's watch that now.
1: Come on, people, let's demand more. Feed us, feed us, feed us, feed us. Keep it going, people, I'm going inside.
2: Well, hello, my friend. What have you been up to?
1: I'm hungry. I'm tired. I'm bored. I'm so thirsty. Nobody told us that we were going to be wandering this giant beach without even an ocean at the end. I didn't bring my sunblock. I didn't bring my sand toys. We didn't pack a picnic. There are no juice boxes. This stinks. We were better off being slaves in Egypt.
2: Malachi, this is not a beach. This is the desert. And you don't have to worry about bringing all those things from Egypt. You know, God provides. God will will meet our needs. But you just need to trust God.
1: Well, I did trust God at the beginning when we left, but now my tummy's grumbling and my my tongue is dry and Here we are, out in this great big desert, and I haven't seen a single pie. And I really, what I could use right now is a little bit of Mr. Lafoon's biscuits and gravy. I don't know how trust in God is going to make a bowl of ice cream appear.
2: Malachi, it is not dessert. It is the desert. And when you trust God, he will provide what we need. Look, I was talking to God before you came into the tent, and and he hears the complaints. He understands our concerns. He understands our needs. Matter of fact, he's going to do something very special. Now listen, this might sound a little strange to you, but he is going to rain down meat in the evening, and in the morning, he's going to rain down bread.
1: Okay. (laughs) Well... It's morning right now. I guess I'll go outside for my bread rain shower. I'll be right back. Holy cow! Look at all of this food! There's food everywhere! Oh my gosh, you should see this place!
0: Thanks to our VBS team. That was a fun video. They do a great job. And there is a lot of fun in that video, but there's certainly a serious side to this story in Numbers 11. Now, like many of our stories so far, it features three main characters, God, Moses, and the people. The people complain, Moses prays, and God responds. But here we see something more. The people demand meat. Moses is exasperated, and God is angry. Let's look at these three characters separate, and then put it all together. First, the people. They grumble, led by the rabble rousers. They wanted meat, and they wanted it now. It's interesting, they do say they miss the diet in Egypt, which sounds like a Mediterranean diet. You know, they say in verse 5, we remember the fish we used to eat, the cucumbers, the melons, the leeks, the onions, and the garlic. It does sound pretty good, doesn't it? But I want to tell them You were slaves. You had to make bricks out of mud and straw. And when you didn't meet your quota, they beat you. Then they wanted to take your baby boys because there were too many of you. You were slaves. It was bad there. But the people really grumble and complain, and they are completely ungrateful. One Bible commentator I read this week said the root of grumbling is unbelief and that grumbling distorts our vision. The people said they had lots of things they could complain about, but their vision was distorted so they couldn't see the things they should be thankful for and they couldn't remember the bad times that they had before and now that God was providing for them. I also like in this passage verses seven through nine, which is really kind of an aside and the narrator of the story or the author of the story, most likely Moses or people that Moses had write the story down, Take some time in verses 7 through 9 to defend manna. In fact, in verse 8, he says this, the people went around and gathered it. They ground it in mills or they beat it in mortars. They boiled it in pots. They made cakes of it. And the taste of it was like the taste of cakes baked with oil. Now, he doesn't say tasty cakes, but I think there's a product called tasty cakes. Now, at least two commentators I read this week translated that phrase taste of cakes. that said it should be something sweet, and doughy or bready, and they compared it to donuts. Really, two Bible commentators said manna cooked this way could have been like donuts. Who wouldn't like donuts that God provided? I mean, what a great thing. It's sort of like Moses is looking on Pinterest and he's looking up, look, here's all the great ways you can prepare manna. You should be thankful for the manna that God provides. But the people weren't. They begged for meat and they grumbled. Now, grumbling is contagious, but I want to tell you, so is faith. Faith is contagious as well. First, let's look to grumbling. We see how complaining and grumbling today is contagious about how we've been stuck inside for a long time, or now we know that winter is coming and we're going to be stuck inside again. Our kids were out of school, especially March, April, and May. They were doing a school at home at our kitchen tables Okay, so that's worth something complaining about, right? We do know that. Uh, But kidding aside, we can't be able to do a lot of the things we've been able to do in the past. No concerts, no symphony on the prairie, no live sports for a long time, no good movies, and who would want to sit in a theater anyway? And now even some of the theaters are closed. Our country is struggling, and a lot of people are angry and complaining, But faith is contagious too. God is good, and we need to remember that God is good. We need to remember that, uh, as it says in the Psalms, that God provided for the people, that he brought them out of Egypt into the Promised Land. Now, we know the Psalms, now they were living in the Promised Land, and things were good. They had their own nation, they had their own place. But one of the cool things about the Psalms is how many times the authors of the Psalms, whether it was David or someone else, looks back and says, we're so thankful, we're so grateful. Remember how God brought his people out of Egypt. So we can be grateful too, and gratefulness is contagious, and faith is contagious as well. When we couldn't worship inside this last March, when everything was closed, we had to worship on video. You could even stay in your pajamas to worship. I think that's a good thing. Many of us, when we put worship on Facebook, we chatted on the side as we watched worship and it gave us a way to connect. We even had times where we connected on Zoom, all of the church, or you did that in meetings where you connected on Zoom. Now we hate Zoom and we complain about it, but at least we have it in order to meet together if we can't be in the same place. I had my men's group back in the spring and one of the guys in my group spends the winter in Florida. We were able to have group with him From Florida. That was fantastic. We're grateful for that. Now we've been able to worship in the parking lot, at least some of us who are able. And the parking lot is sacred now. Parking spaces are sacred spaces, something we talked about last week. We can be grateful for everything we have. We can be grateful for when we pray, give us today our daily bread. God does that. That God sent manna down from heaven and sends PB&J to our lunch boxes. We can be grateful for the simple things in life. I wanna tell you that grateful beats grumbling. Grateful beats grumbling. So that's the people. What about Moses? What about Moses? Moses is tired of the complaining. He's heard this before and usually he sends the complaints to God, but today is different. The people are rebellious. God gets angry and Moses seems exhausted by this people and Moses grumbles too he's sick of the complaining but now he turns it back on god and he complains to god as well he says why have you treated your servant talking about himself why have you treated your servant so badly these people are they're like children and i didn't birth them i didn't nurse them they're your children god And he doesn't even really pray for the people during this diatribe in verses 10 through 15. And finally, he says, I am not able to carry all this people alone, for they are too heavy for me. This is a powerful statement by Moses. We might think Moses is at his wits end. He's depressed, even giving up on life. When we look closely at the scripture, he really might be. He really might be depressed or giving up. But I think this is a healthy statement when he says, I can't do this alone. This burden is too heavy for me. Have you ever felt that? I know there are times I have felt that in my life. I know other people that that are watching here today that are with us in worship feel that. For our students, for our older students, you may think, I have too many projects. The schoolwork is too hard. There's an expectation that I'll make straight A's and I'll go to that great college. This burden is too heavy for me. For our younger kids, I feel rejected by my classmates. I don't have enough close friends. I always get picked last for the team. This burden is too heavy for me. For our people in our church family that are single, I feel alone. I'm isolated. I go home to an empty house. I need you, God. Because I can't carry this burden alone. In families or in marriage and parenting, something has gone wrong. And because it was either someone else's choice or someone may be sick, you think, I want to fix it, but I can't fix it. So you say, help me, God. This burden is too heavy for me. I cannot carry this alone. I want to take a moment to tell you that in my life, uh, I've spent a fair amount of time in counseling or therapy, even from the time I was in my late 20s up until the last two years. I've met with many spiritual directors, and almost every time I will say I have found it to be very helpful for me. In some way, in one way or another, I'm saying this burden is too heavy for me. I can't carry it alone. I need to talk to someone about whatever this burden is. And then to work with a counselor to take some positive steps, to pray with a spiritual director, maybe to pray with my family for going through a difficult time, to pray with the men in my home group, to pray together, God help us. We don't know what to do. We can't carry this alone. It's very healthy. People who know how to help, to listen, to give advice, to give counsel, people who follow Jesus that want to pray for you, they want to help you. They want to point you to God, who is the ultimate source of help, of healing, and of salvation. If you can't carry the burden, ask God for help and then turn to others that you trust and ask them for help too. So we talked about the people and Moses. Let's talk about God. God gets angry here. And in the first few verses, he sends fire down on the camp. I don't know about you, but if God were angry with me, I would be scared. And the people are scared here, too. They pray to Moses. They ask Moses for help. Moses prays, and God stops the fire. So God cares. God cares deeply. Last week in number six, we see God give to Moses and Aaron this this priestly blessing to bless the, the people with the idea that God would make his face shine upon you, that God would be gracious to you, that the Lord would give you peace. It's a beautiful blessing. God cares deeply and God gets angry. Now, strangely enough, I think this also shows that God cares deeply. If God didn't care, if God were indifferent about the people, if God were indifferent about the needs of Moses, he wouldn't do anything. He wouldn't get angry, but he gets angry. He's tired of the, um, the rebellion. He's tired of the people being ungrateful. And he wants his people to live with him in relationship, to know and trust and believe in him that he will provide. God cares enough to carry your burdens. He carried Moses' burdens, and he will carry ours. In verses 16 and 17, I hope you heard this. I'm going to read it again. When Moses cries for help and says, The burden is too heavy for me. I can't carry it. God says, I will take some of the spirit that is on you and I will put it on them. And he's talking about the 70 elders. He said, Get 70 of the elders. I will take some of the spirit that is on you. I'll put it on them and they shall bear the burden of the people along with you so that you will not bear it all by yourself. Isn't that amazing? God answers Moses, You don't have to do this alone. I will send people to help you. I'll even put my spirit on them so they will know how to come alongside you and help you. God cares for us too. One of the best things we can do in times of wilderness and to flourish in those times of wilderness is to turn our hearts to God. And like Moses, when it is appropriate to say, God, I can't carry this alone. I need your help. What we have today that's different from the people back then is we know Jesus. We have the New Testament. And in Matthew 11, verses 28 through 30, Jesus says this. Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble of heart, and you will find rest. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. So today, turn to Jesus for help. Jesus can give you rest, walk with you, and meet your needs. We can also turn to each other for help as they will come alongside us as the 70 elders came alongside Moses. I found this story online this week, which is a true story, and I think it was recent. Lane Unheim was working on his farm near Crosby, North Dakota. When his combine caught on fire, and while fighting the flames, he went into cardiac arrest and was hospitalized. If his farm had gone unharvested, the loss would have been devastating for his family. But in response, get this, there's a lot of numbers here, 60 local farmers came together, With 11 combines, 11 semi-trucks with trailers, and several grain carts with tractors. In about seven hours, think of this, huge farm. In about seven hours, they harvested approximately 15,000 bushels of canola, 35,000 bushels of durum, I'm not even sure what durum is, but they harvested it, across 1,000 acres. The families also made a month's worth of meals, and filled a freezer for the unhine family a friend explained the outpouring of support for lane and his family is not surprising for those of us who live here there in north dakota we have a long history of helping people in our community when they are faced with tragedy or hardship we strongly believe in faith family and the golden rule now i bet the unhine family when their father or husband was scared and they may have even complained. And I bet it when they talk about faith here, I bet they ask God somehow, we can't do this alone. This burden is too heavy for us and God sent help. And so today that family has many, many reasons to be grateful. In our lives, we can turn grumbling, into grateful. We can learn today from the Israelites not to grumble about being bored with God's provision, but to be grateful for what we do have. One of the things we set up in the Shelton house during during the early days of the quarantine was a jar for writing down all the things we were grateful for. We just set the jar in our kitchen, we would write something we were grateful or thankful for on a piece of paper, and we put it in the jar. And I want to tell you, This was not my idea. There are people in my house that are more spiritual than me. I want to let you know that. And I want to also say, as we've gotten busy, we stopped doing that. But in the early days of the quarantine, when we were truly stuck at home, this helped all of us to remember to be grateful for the things that God has provided. So this week, as we lead up to a national election during a time of a world pandemic turn off your media at least once a day and write down three things that you are grateful for take a time take time once a day to write down three things you're grateful for write it on a paper post it somewhere put it in a jar put it on the notes app on your phone if you like doing that and then tell god thank you thank you for what you are providing for me and my family and my loved ones for our neighborhood, for our country, whatever. By being grateful and sharing that with others, sharing that God cares, God provides, and God can carry our burdens, and we carry, our burdens for, carry the burdens for others, we can help bring about God's kingdom on earth. Ask for God's help to carry your burdens and look for God's promises. We flourish in the wilderness by remembering what God has done And by looking ahead, in writing about Numbers 11, David Guzik writes, God's best for us is always ahead, never behind us. And one day, like the Israelites did, we will also get to the promised land, sharing the kingdom of heaven, receiving God's blessing, and meeting God face to face. Let's pray. Most loving God, what a joy it is to look again to your word, even if it's in the book of Numbers in the Old Testament, a book that we don't read that much, where we learn what it means to complain and to grumble, but also to be thankful and grateful for the things that you provide. We learn again today, God, that you care. God, last week that you care enough to bless us and that to share your blessing upon us. And then today that you care enough to be sad or upset when we go astray. Help us then to be called back to you this week to learn to carry each other's burdens as you carry the burdens for Moses, as you carry the burdens for us. Help us to leave those with you and then to carry the burdens for others around us. Help us to do that even this week. In Jesus' name we pray, amen.